Well, love is in the air, or at least it's on all the commercials and things, as we're reminded that this week it's Valentine's week, and so now we have that opportunity in special ways to express our love to those whom we love. And, and oftentimes, of course, the symbol that we connect with love is simply a heart. So you can go to the store and you can buy a heart that's filled with chocolate, or you can buy some of those little candy hearts that have a message on, or, or definitely a card, right, that'll have a, a heart on it. So the, the heart, the symbol of love. But it's not just the uh, people who are pushing the Valentine's merchandise that talk about or use the heart. Our, our doctors also like to emphasize the need to pay attention to the heart, right? They'll encourage us to make sure that we're heart healthy, both in what we're eating and, and in what we're doing. In fact, they say that uh, February is American Heart Month. I didn't know that, and the month is almost half over. But they're trying to give attention to, pay attention to your heart. But you know, not only the merchandise people pushing Valentine's things, and doctors, they're not the only ones who are talking about the heart or concerned about it. So is our God. And so in our message today and next week, we want to talk about matters of the heart, about what God tells us about our heart. And the reason being is because the heart matters. Now you can look into the scriptures and you can see a lot of different things that God talks about in the heart. But I found this one passage that I want to use to, to start this series, and, and you'll see why I chose this first. It's from Proverbs chapter 4, where the Lord says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Above all else. Before you're worried about how am I expressing my love to the person I love or, or all the other things that maybe go along with love, God tells us first to guard our heart. So that'll be today's topic, guarding your heart. Now, as I looked in the Bible, I found that there were quite a few passages about the heart. And that's because the heart matters to God because it matters to us. In fact, I found this passage that really emphasizes God's concern for our heart in the book of Acts. It says, Lord, you know everyone's heart. God knows everyone's heart. Now, the book of Acts was written by Luke who's also the guy who wrote the Gospel of Jesus, according to Luke. And Luke happened to be a doctor. And I found it interesting that in his Gospel and in his book of Acts, he refers to the heart 34 times, more than any other author in the Bible. Now, of course, it's not just his reference or concern, because he's writing by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. God guided him to write about the heart. And the words that he wrote were all the words of Jesus, because Jesus is concerned about the heart. 
So let's hear what Jesus had to teach us about guarding the heart. And, and to keep it real simple for us, you just have to remember two letters, A and W. Now I know you're thinking of the root beer. Yesterday when I was doing my prison visitations, uh, I did a summary of this message for the guys, and it just so happened one of the inmates had a can of A&W root beer there, and of course that's a big treat for them, right? And I said, well, you can remember that treat, but remember these letters A and W, because they're going to tell you about how to guard your heart. And if any people know about guarding or being guarded, it would be people in prison, right? So let's start with the letter A. Because there God is telling us that we need to guard our heart against attacks. Now, Just like our doctors warn us that there are certain things we need to be alert to to prevent heart attacks, so God is telling us too there are things we need to be concerned about that are attacks against our heart. You know, the doctors will say, well, you shouldn't be eating all that kind of stuff. You should eat this stuff instead. And, and they will warn us about being couch potatoes and, and tell us that, you know, get up and, and exercise. So they are warning us against things that could harm our heart. But Jesus spoke of, of three things that could harm our heart. And the first one is worldly treasures. Worldly treasures. Uh, to put it simply... Things, things. Jesus is warning us about falling in love with things. Now, it's kind of interesting how Valentine's Day is supposed to be this time when we express our love, but more and more we're being told that well, you can express it with things. You know, buy a, a bunch of chocolates in a heart-shaped box, or... Um, buy this or buy that, buy a big teddy bear uh, to express your love. The other day there was a commercial, buy a new car for the one you love. Really? I gotta buy a car now? And, and two nights ago there was an ad, you know, go to, I don't know, flowers.com or something and order a dozen roses, but better than that, order two dozen roses. Oh great, now I feel like a chump because I'm only gonna get a dozen. Actually, I was probably only gonna buy one. So now our, our love is measured by what I buy. But what that illustrates is just not that we express our love with things, but what it's pointing out is how much we are in love with things. We love things. Oh, a new iPhone is coming out? I think I want that. Oh, this computer is lighter and faster and better than that one? I want that. Ooh, that new car? Oh, this thing or that thing? To test if you have a love for things in your heart, just think about when you see somebody who has something you don't have and how much better off they seem to be with it. Don't you kind of want it then? And we get kind of greedy or jealous or upset that we don't have what others have and think that life would be so much better if we had those things. And Jesus warns us that that's a heart attack. He said, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be 
also. It's like what the doctors tell us when they say, you know, if you're going to eat all those potato chips and you're going to eat all this and all that, that stuff is going to be bad for your heart. So Jesus is saying, if, if you love all that stuff and think that's what I need, it's going to be bad for your heart. The Apostle Paul saw that in people. And he wrote what things do to people's heart. He said this, those who want to get rich, so you can have things, fall into temptation and a trap and into many desires and foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. He saw what things could do to people. And that's why Jesus himself said, God knows your hearts, and what people value highly is detestable in God's sight. Because things can become more important when God, than God when they become a treasure to us. Now, it's also true that we need certain things, right? We're physical people in a physical world, so there are physical things that we need. And that's okay. But sometimes the need for those things consumes us, not only that it takes over our heart, but also that it becomes a worry for us. And it makes our heart beat in irregular ways. You know, when we don't have something, or we're worried that maybe we won't have enough of something, or maybe wonder how are we going to get that something, it affects our heart and our relationship with God. That's why Jesus said, do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. But I need it, Lord. And Jesus' answer to that is, your Father in heaven knows you need it, and he will give it to you. But don't worry about it. Because he said this, be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life. And that day, being judgment day, will close on you suddenly like a trap. Well, it's kind of interesting what Jesus was saying here. He talked about carousing and drunkenness, just living, living the pleasures of this world, he said. But also having the anxieties of life, those things can weigh you down. And later on, he would talk about how it would make our hearts calloused and hard. Well, maybe you've experienced that, or maybe you've, you've seen that done in other people's lives. You know, when, when they begin to worry, all of a sudden it kind of takes over their, their thinking and, and their demeanor, their personality, and they become consumed by it. Uh, maybe it changes uh, their personality or, or the way they relate to people and become upset and angry, maybe even physically get sick. But worse than that it is what it does to your relationship 
to God. Because worry defeats faith. And Jesus warns us then, what brings on that attack is when we have a wordless life. By that I mean when we don't have God's word in our life. It's wordless. Now how can that happen? And you might be thinking, well, if it doesn't happen to me, here I am in church. Oh, but it can. Jesus told a story about how the word gets to people. He talked about a, a sower going out and throwing out seed. And the seed fell on all different soils. And on one of those soils, it was simply a path. And he said, because that ground was hard, the seed couldn't get in there. And so birds came and simply took the seed away. So it wasn't that the seed was kept away from them. Just like the word is not being kept away from us. But our heart is hard or full with other things that the word doesn't get in. Now Jesus described what was really going on there. He said, those along the path are the ones who hear the word, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. So the word has been thrown out to you, but maybe something keeps your heart hard that that word doesn't get in there. And then the devil takes it away. Now here's how he does it. The devil's strategy is to get us to, first of all, doubt. Doubt. Well, here's what I experience. So here seems to be the reality. And this is what God says, but that doesn't match up. So that can't be right. And then the devil starts to distort God's word. Well, maybe God is really means or is really saying this instead. And so we change up what God says. And then finally the devil just gets us to deny it. Oh, that isn't right. I don't believe that. And when that happens, Jesus said, you may not believe and be saved. It could be a fatal heart attack. So, the first step in guarding your heart is to be aware of those attacks on it through worldly treasures, through worries, and through a wordless life. Well, let's do a little heart-checking of ourself this morning. Are there any signs of some heart attack in you? Here's some words of Jesus that Matthew recorded. But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart. And these defile them. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony or lying, slander. What's coming out of your mouth? It comes from the heart. But God says, guard your heart because out of it flows everything you do. Now you might look at that list and say, well, wait a minute, I'm not guilty of those things. Jesus didn't say, here's what you do. He said, evil thoughts. Just the thoughts that we have and the desires that are in our heart and in our mind and then come out through our hands. Those are things that Jesus say indicate you've got some signs of heart attacks going on. 
Now you might say, but wait, wait a minute. You know, I'm a, okay, I'm not perfect, but I'm a pretty good Christian. I go to church, I pray, I give an offering, I serve. Jesus talked about that too. He said, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. It's just not what's going on in the outside. God's concerned about what's going on in the inside. What is your spiritual life really like? What's in your heart? We need Jesus in our heart. We need love and trust in him and his will for us. And it can be under attack. That's why God said, above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. So that's the letter A. Be aware of those attacks. What can we do to guard our heart? Well, that's the letter W. Guard it with the word. Jesus warned us about being filled with the treasures of the world. The thing to combat that is to treasure the word. To treasure something means you see it as important. You see it as valuable. You want it. And then you take it, you hold it, you protect it, and you use it. It's interesting that Dr. Luke observed twice what Mary, Jesus' mother, did with all the events she experienced about Jesus. He wrote, But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. He said it twice about her. Because she kept doing it again and again. Now what does it mean that she treasured them up and pondered them? Well, the word ponder means you keep turning it over and over and over and look at it. So you keep hearing God's word. You keep looking at it and applying it to your life. When Jesus told that parable about the seed that fell on the soil, he also talked about that seed falling on good soil. He said the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a good crop. So just like you work in your garden or in your flower beds, and you know, when you turn that dirt over and you pull out those weeds so that seed can get in that soil and take root and grow, it's the same thing we have to do with our heart. We've got to take God's word and we've got to keep turning it over and over in our heart so it takes root. And we've got to get rid of that weed of sin and doubt so that the truth can take root and grow. And when it does, it will produce a good crop, Jesus said. He, Jesus also said, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. The point is that God's word will bring a production of fruit, a changed life. Now what will that changed life look like? It'll be this first, trust in the Lord. 
faith, trust in the Lord will be the fruit that we get from God's word. Now, why is it God's word will produce that fruit of trust? Here's the answer. Because God's word puts the heart of Jesus in our heart. The heart of Jesus. One day, Jesus was going through the town of Nain, and there he saw a funeral procession, a mother burying her only son, and she was a widow. Her family was now gone. Jesus showed his heart that day and said to her, when he saw her, his heart went out to her, and he said, don't cry. And then he raised her son from the dead. Don't cry. Jesus was inviting her to trust in what he could do. Jesus knows the heartaches we have. And Jesus knows the heart attacks, too. He knows not only the troubles that we go through, but he also knows the trouble we get ourselves in with our sin. And he's taking care of that. He's put into our heart his righteousness, his obedience through our faith in him. He has removed from us, from our heart, all of that sin because his blood that he shed has paid for it and cleanses us. He's put into our heart a new life because he's the one who has conquered death. And therefore, you and I are victorious. So we don't cry. We have faith. We have trust in the Lord who gives us the victory now and forever. And so we have the encouragement then to know that troubles will be turned into triumphs. That's the kind of faith and confidence that God wants us to have. Jesus pictured it this way. He said, truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Now it's not your faith that moves that mountain, that big obstacle, that trouble that's in your life. He says, it will be done for you. God will take care of it. He simply says, trust. And I'll turn your troubles into triumph. Maybe he will remove that mountain. Or maybe he'll give us the strength to climb over that mountain. Or maybe he'll split that mountain and create a valley pathway for us to walk through. Or maybe he'll just guide us to go in a different direction. But he's telling us, have faith. He will turn our troubles into triumphs. And we can have a lot of trouble in this world. But Jesus says, take heart and have peace. He says, peace is what I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. So don't let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. We have a great God. He's conquered the world. He's conquered all troubles. And he will 
bless us. That's how we guard our heart with his word, with faith in him. So my encouragement to you, fill your life with Jesus and his word. Let his spirit guide you and encourage you. Let the love of God so fill your heart that it flows over into every aspect of your life. So this week, as they're talking about love, and we may say, well, we've got a lot of hardships too in our life. Remember this encouragement from the Apostle Paul that reminds us of what guards us. He says, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So as this week and people talking about love and you look at how you're going to express your love, simply ask the question, what's in my heart? And let it be Jesus. Just remember of the love that he has expressed and impressed into your heart through Jesus. Then you will be guarded and you will have a heart full of joy. Amen.